on the spot. Uh, something organic is mold. But she wasn't even recording. It, the fungus among us. <laughs> the humongous fungus among us. Ooh. Speaking of things among us, I did not do any research this week. Well, there you go. <laughs> Just address it. Right oh, yeah. Tommy, the what's wrong with you? Room. Why didn't you do any research this week? I was uh, in a pit of self-despair. And watching a lot of cartoons. Do you know how great Gumball is? I also fell off my diet. The Amazing World of Gumball? The Amazing World of Gumball. And so I spent a lot of time eating junk food, drunk, by myself, watching The Amazing World of Gumball. And I gotta tell you, I recommend that entire thing. Yeah, I've had worse weeks. Yeah, it's not that bad. I mean, I've been lucky enough that it keep no one else is talking. Someone else talk. <laughs> well, I know, didn't do any research either. <laughs> you know some ways that you can spice up your love life? Uh, well, by this show, there's some really dangerous <laughs> shit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, weird is an objective term is something we've learned on this show. So well, the good thing about tantric yoga is that it works solo the, just as well as it works with a partner. So. The good news about what? Tantric solo. sex. Sacred sex. Tantric yoga. Okay, so earlier when we were trying to do a cram session, you mentioned that tantric sex and tantra yoga are two different things. Yes. But let's get to that in a minute, because let's do all of our introduction shit, because we all have to say hi. Yeah. I'm Tommy, and I am a blossoming flower trying to make my way in the whispery woods. I'm Sarah, and I'm a human girl. I thought you'd be a bumblebee or a dragonfly. Sorry, I don't know Today... That. Well, the computer... <laughs> Alexa had something to say about that, I guess. Today, I'm just simply a human girl. I don't, I'm not feeling like reaching beyond that at this particular moment. Good. We hope someone else in here is a dragonfly or a flower or something. Yeah, um, uh, I'm Dana, and I'm feeling very in tune with my inner lotus self right now and all my chakras are aligned how about you i'm chris and i'm a uh, i'm a truffle pig <laughs> <laughs> just, just hunting for truffles in the forest and that's how how are you a flower that's wandering through the forest <laughs> flowers can, don't really wander very much. They, they get uprooted that's why that's why they wilt is because they get up in the middle of the night and they try and go on little adventures okay. i seem more like a water nymph uh, I don't know if I'm a water nymph. I mean, it might be more of like a... Water nymphomaniac. I'm going to let you have that one. That was solid. I'm not going to try and follow it up. It's very clever. <laughs> so this is the exact kind of organic discussion we needed mm-hmm. to jump into today's episode. Uh, so first thing we have to do is the disclaimer. If this is your first episode, we are a kink and fetish podcast. But we are not a kink-shaming podcast. If you came here to laugh at a bunch of people and call them freaks and throw eggs at their doors, you've come to the wrong place. We are sex positive, and as long as you respect... Well, I wrote it down. As long as you respect consent, safety, and the age of consent, all ideas are welcome here. And if you are in the sex swamp, which is where your fetish or kink owns you and you do not own your kink... Um, consider getting help. Drain that swamp. I don't oh. like that term anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that I went didn't there. take very long. Yeah, that's just. I was, I was hoping. But you know, maybe eventually we'll <laughs> get reaction. We'll get swamp thing for president. That'd be <gasps> nice. We're really excited yeah. about that analogy. Ooh, we or we can do a swamp so. thing fetish. Swamp thing fetish. I remember seeing a thing a long time ago about people who were sexually attracted to quicksand, and a lot of them liked sinking into like muck. Because, like, silt is a really particular feeling. I feel like I could really see that. Mud, yeah. mud thinking baths about it, and, and like I get it. Be. I get it. Yeah. yeah, you don't want sand because it's, like... It's it gets just, everywhere. It's it gets grainy. Your, it gets in your bits. Coarse and gets everywhere. Well, no, I think I think a, 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 a sandy bum is something very present in a lot of pornography. So I, I can see really? how, like... Yeah. In fact, like, I wouldn't even call it a kink, but, like, I, I remember... There are some images that I enjoyed when I was younger that are, you know, girls on the beach and they got some sand on their yeah, it's bum. It's like a like a trope. It's like a, a thing. Porn trope. Yeah. Not sandy from. I feel like that kind of exfoliation. Well, that too. <laughs> I'm sure. Wasn't there another squirrel from our Sonic the Hedgehog episode? Yes, there was. I don't remember. It's, I, think it was I don't remember her name. Oh, wait, Sandy was a squirrel, and it was there was 
It was. Sandy. It wasn't Sandy. Wasn't it? it was a different. Sally. 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 Sally the squirrel. Sally the squirrel. That's it. Pending tr- class action lawsuit between Nickelodeon and Sega. <laughs> but yes, Sarah, there are people who are attracted to the swamp. I, I can. Uh, I can see it. I might be one of those people. Now I'm thinking about it. Well, I think the landscape that you want to fornicate in could say a lot, and you know, a swamp is smelly and underappreciated. I'm so sure. I'm sure there's probably erotica dedicated to the swamp monsters. Well, I'll not extract part of my sexuality well, on here. This first Swamp Thing movie was like a romance. The teacher from the Black Lagoon. What did you say, sir? <laughs> so I'll not explore that part of my sexuality on the air. Why not? You could go into the swamp and well, discover a Shrek and a donkey. Then we and, should do an episode on it, but that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> so let us know if you'd like us to research uh, sexy Swamp Thing. Well, we've got an episode dedicated to dendrophilia coming Yeah, up. we could yeah. do swamp trees as yeah. well. well. We'll make that a segment. I think oh, and some weeping willows. Ooh. Why are they weeping, Chris? What did you do to them? No, those are just like swamp trees. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so got, got us nice and off topic here. What is tantric yoga? I genuinely don't know. I read one article very quickly from a guy named, um, well, I don't know how to pronounce his name, so I'm going to butcher it. My apologies. Uh, I have his name as Sad Guru. It's S-A-D-H-G-U-R-U. He had a website about tantric yoga, and I copied and pasted some stuff and went back to um, watching cartoons. Clarence is also a very great TV show. Um, Ladies of the podcast. I'd be happy to do some introductions. Um, Basically, there's a whole bunch of different kinds of tantra. So tantra in itself is literally defined as like, um, the act of integrating, you know, knowledge into all aspects of your life. So like doing something fully, being present, being mindful of what you're doing. That's kind of like a, the practice of Tantra, but Tantra yoga is kind of a different thing altogether because, uh, in Western culture, Tantra is used to refer to tantric sex, uh, which emphasizes consciousness and connection. Um, so much of what we do is out of habit, eating, drinking, working, and sexually, we're no different. So the important thing about sex, uh, tantra in sex, is to break that cycle of the mundane by awakening your consciousness. Yes? That's your question. What does uh, mindfulness mean? I, I, I People have told me this many times, and I've gone to some yoga classes, and I've read some things in passing trying to be a happier person and people are always like yeah just mindfulness yeah I think for me spirituality as a concept has never really worked out how I've wanted it to I always find myself looking at things from more of a psychological standpoint and uh, something that keeps coming back up um, in things that I'm learning about is the concept of metacognition or thinking about thinking so I think that kind of um, like works the same way just the act of when you're forming a thought elaborating beyond as to why you're forming that thought like you know just kind of being more aware of but I do that thoughts that you're having uh, I actually watched a video of Chris Evans who plays Captain America uh, talking about uh, that kind of thing where it's like it was obvious that he's done like meditation and uh, uses like meditation techniques and it was like one of the he was like one of the few things that I would go back and tell myself as a kid is just like quiet the voices like right. just because those voices are in you doesn't mean that they are you those feel like two separate things though to me because I feel like as a anxiety riddled human being what would you call it? metacognition 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 yeah. does not seem like a nice thing well, metacognition is torture right I, I do struggle with the same thing um, there's a big difference between metacognition and thought spirals I think a really good uh, benefit of looking at your thoughts is being able to differentiate these are my thoughts and these are my anxieties projections into my thoughts. This is totally not about tantra or about no, sex I, at I, all. I, but it's still totally relevant it's because good to establish it this. is awareness and mindfulness are kind of just being aware of that. Like if you're doing something mundane like um like washing like washing dishes or something Making and you find popcorn. your you find your brain straying to a million different thoughts right. then you're not currently present <laughs> in that moment right you're not really paying attention to everything that you're doing because your mind is somewhere else so being mindful and being aware of what's going on and making yourself present in that time and space is kind of one of those things you just have to force yourself your brain to start retraining uh, to start focusing on what's happening at that moment and then it's pretty easy to see how something like that can be beneficial in your sex life when mm-hmm. it becomes second nature who hasn't thought about chores or some other work <laughs> right. activity Especially during women, sex I'm right sure. yeah baseball 
Yeah. Right. Right. I mean, who's on first? No, who's on second? But that's just it. That's just the problem, though, is that sometimes we aren't present for these things, and sometimes we're not even present with the person that we're enjoying sex with. Um, I know that's a problem for me. Like, it's very difficult for me to focus on the person, except for like and try to like and also enjoy the pleasure that I'm experiencing. Right. right? So it's 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 um, to put it simply, sex has become a goal oriented activity. The goal being the orgasm. We get so lost in the rush to get there that we lose out on the pleasure of the journey. If we took out the goal of orgasm and only focused on the experience, what would that look like? It's like uh, that really gorgeous Alan Watts um, speech that they turned into a cartoon Mm -hmm. where um, life is this gigantic uh, symphony. And it's not about the climax of the uh, the piece. It's about uh, about dancing to the music as it Mm -hmm. plays. I butchered that. But uh, look yeah, it up. I think that was very relevant. Okay, whether good. Whether it was uh, so, uh, accurate. So to put, to put it to rest, it sounds like metacognition as a positive thing is recognizing where irrational and unnecessary thoughts come from and being able to ignore them. And being aware of, um, I guess, like the most relevant thought um, in the moment, like Dana was saying, just being as present as possible in each mm-hmm. moment. And I guess maybe... Channeling your overanalyzation of situations more towards what you're actually doing rather than whatever, you know, you need to grab from the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Okay. It'd be interesting to be more involved with with partners and being fully present in the pleasure with deeper intimacy. Because, like, it's one thing to have sex, but then, like, one of the things that I looked at suggested, like, literally making eye contact while the sex was happening. And that's really hard. Like, that's really Some hard to sit there like and just that. stare at the other person's eyeballs <laughs> while things are happening. Yeah. I find that very, very difficult. Um and it's not like, that hard when you're in love. Well, and I get that, but it's also yeah, like it's really tricky. But it yeah, forces you to be present right there, and also make yourself very vulnerable at the same time. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, we make sex and pleasure very taboo, relegate it to the bedroom with the lights off. Like that's a thing that we do. Whereas tantra wants you to look at bodies, look at how bodies operate, look how you know different places, you know, are different, you know, things. Senses are pleasurable. Does Doesn't that make sense? Tantrum, it means technical. It means like it a means integration, technology. integrating all aspects, everything, everything happening right here and right now, all at the same time. Like, and Dana, perfect. it's interesting that you mentioned that sex is taboo because I was talking a lot uh, with my partner over the last week who um, is a Buddhist about Tantra and what that means to her. And, um, Something that she talked a lot about was how um, in a lot of world religions, especially uh, the Eastern religions, um, they're very like one sided in their views on sex. They have decided that in pretty much all forms, it's completely inappropriate. Um, But a Tantra in um, like from the religious standpoint is a path of resistance. So the idea is that you're focusing energy on things that are traditionally viewed as harmful and using that energy for enlightenment. Ooh. Um, oh, wow. So that is, you know, a benefit of abstaining from orgasm so as not to waste that energy um, that you're accumulating, which is something that you see a lot in Tantra, the idea of like edging or abstaining from orgasm. Right. That's why a lot of um, the research, I saw this too, um, a lot of guys research Tantra, you know, tantric sex because they want to have dry orgasms right. or want to be able to prolong um, yeah, there's a... Who, who, do you know the rock star that supposedly practices that? Sting. Sting, yes. What is a dry orgasm? An orgasm that doesn't produce semen. Yeah, that's actually one of the things I read about real quick. About um, I was looking to see the difference between a, uh orgasm that results in ejaculation and then a non-ejaculate orgasm mm-hmm. where it's just the brain. Yeah. Because isn't there... Uh, I know it's been proven through science that women can do that. But uh, the male brain does not lend itself to a non-ejaculate orgasm, at least in a proven setting. Not without training it. Yeah, exactly. It's like anything else. You have to train the body to, like, be able to experience an orgasm without actually ejaculating. So it's like... It's just a dopamine rush. The brain just kind of pops with dopamine. Mm -hmm. It does kind of sound too good to be true, huh? I mean, that sounds nice. But it's possible. That's what's so interesting. It's not just, like, shooting buckets of dust, right? Yeah. Has it been proven in a, in a in a lab setting, or are we going off the claim of a person of I had an intense dopamine rush? This was that is a good question. 
No, it, it has been proven. Like they can, people can train themselves to have a full entire orgasm without actually ejaculating. Is it necessarily sexual or is it a, is it a dopamine rush associated with a, a place they go to in their brain that doesn't necessarily have to do with copulation, attraction, intimacy? I don't know. I'm not sure about that, that, but I did talk to a couple people who have firsthand experience with Tantra in their own sex lives, and they described the orgasms they had as very intense versions of a regular orgasm. Uh, They said, you know, several minutes of just shuddering and giggling and muscle spasms. But I I guess, and I'm just being the devil's advocate here trying to investigate so Mm -hmm. I can solve this case and get justice (laughs) for my slain daughter who was murdered by Tantra Yoga. But um, uh, it sounds like to me there's this there's this kind of emptiness to it when you're having this orgasm by yourself going inside of your brain and I guess maybe I feel this way because I really don't like myself. But it, it sounds it sounds so lonely that you could have this orgasm that's free of intimacy and free of a uh, free of a partner. It's because your Western culture has told you that the <laughs> orgasm is the goal. <laughs> it is also usually with a partner. Yes, yes, okay. it is these, usually with these a partner. These techniques can be applied uh, for masturbation as well, but it, I think a big focus of it is that connection mm-hmm. with your partner. Yeah, that's okay. that's a good point. And and um, let's see. Look at those notes, data. I'm sorry. Because I got nothing here. Call her Data. Yeah, I call her Data. That's my, my cute nickname. <laughs> That's cute. I'm also, in my notes, I plan on calling her Scully one of these days. Oh, no. We're going bit by bit. It's in your another, notes. Another, huh? You did on a sister podcast. Oh, I did. I did. Another vital aspect of Tantra is that it's non-judgmental. So as long as it's consensual and safe, it's pretty well accepted. Um, can Tantra be used wrongly? I, I, I bet. But I, I feel like the only way you could use this wrongly is you could use uh, Tantra as a way of manipulating someone. Yeah. Which I think that's something you see happen a lot with, with just regular old yoga mm-hmm. is that I I am the... I'm the man on the hill. I have the greater understanding. Oh, right. Like scamming people? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is using Eastern philosophy as a scam because you meet those people at oh, parties. Yeah. I'm a tantric oh, yeah. sex specialist. And I can have sex for hours. Right. <laughs> I mean, especially because the claims these people make are a little crazy. They are pretty amazing. Um, but I think in terms of the spiritual side of things, it's it's also been referred to as the gateway to ecstasy, which I thought was kind of an interesting uh, thing. It's because... Oh, no. I, I know him. It's... That's Craig down the street. He has much more. Like, he lives in the gateway apartments? Yeah. He sells ecstasy. It's a, Great. Well, Tantra holds you stuck that... through that joke to the bitter end <laughs> with all the confidence. <laughs> you the one who made the gateway thing. Like, yeah, I was trying to rescue you. Your joke was drowning. <laughs> so Tantra holds that we are actually an expression of the god and goddess in the world. When we make love, we are celebrating the energy of the divine. So it kind of ties in with this ecstatic spirituality all at the same time, which I think was pretty, I think is really pretty cool because I feel like there is so much more to sex than just like the physical act so um uh one of the quotes i found i come together with my partner as a physical manifestation of the highest joy there can be this means that we are absolutely open and honest no games no manipulation there is only respect and love so um but it's neat because it also encourages lust for all kinds of pleasure in life tasting delicious food and drink, exploring flavors and textures, music, flowers, and exercise. So there's all kinds of different ways that, like, Tantra um, can be actually referred to as more of a lifestyle than just a sexual practice. Um, here here in the West, you know, we've kind of sexualized it like we do everything. But I think that it's pretty significant to see that um, there's there's so much more to this and, and even a spiritual side of this than there really is just, like, specifically just for a sex kind of thing. So yeah. I, go right ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I think the thing that I saw most of all was that the Tantra is not inherently sexual at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we'll probably talk more about that when we get into misconceptions later, but... Yeah, I don't think that um, at its core, Tantra is related to sex. And I definitely don't think it, uh, we should call this a kink. Yeah, no, but it is It is definitely a thing That's that... That's what I've been thinking. Um, <laughs> Here we are, though, so we got 40 uh, minutes to fill. In terms of, of like, 
the way it's sexualized here in the West, right. it is kind of considered kinky because it is this thing that's kind of taboo and like, oh, you're mixing all these things to make sex different than what it should be, which right. is missionary and between a man and a woman and all of these other things like um, well, that are usually espoused uh, with sex. So the, there's the idea that I've been playing with for the week, which is that uh, there really is a big difference between um, a kink that is psychological yeah. and a kink that is physical. Yeah. And uh, a physical kink, I tried putting down like a good old dictionary definition for it, but a physical kink or body kink is when a subject engages in a physical or brain-altering activity that brings sexual pleasure from a non-psychological level. And um, the big misunderstanding that I think we all had for Tantra Yoga was everyone here has done yoga at least once, correct? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. No, 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 no. What a surprise, Chris. Surprise the trouble thing. <laughs> your, uh, your your chakra above your eye just glows green all day, so I'm, I'm shocked that you Ow. do not need yoga. Is that what you guys all the time? Yeah, you're just, you're just gooing chakra all day long. Oh, but um, I assumed that it would be kind of like a body kink, because mm-hmm. after you do yoga, you have this really interesting feeling. I don't know if it's hocus pocus. Um, what is it called when your brain fools itself into taking... A medicine from a sugar pill. I, I didn't know if it's hocus pocus, placebo, or a genuine mind-altering substance. But after yoga, your brain's in a different place, mm-hmm. and it's the idea of, hey, my brain is somewhere different. Can I combine it with sex and create a new feeling? Which is very similar to, hey, when I suffocate myself, I'm in an altered brain state. Hey, when I'm yeah. drunk, I'm in a different brain state. Can I take this altered mentality? combine it with an orgasm and reach somewhere else. That's a good point. And it sounds like it's not that at all. Actually, I think it's both. I think it's a body kink and a brain kink. Like, it's really working everything, right? Like, but, that's that's yoga in general is, is combining, you know, your what's going on in your brain and mindfulness with your body and being I awareness. I think what makes it confusing is that a mind-altering state is still a body kink by mm-hmm. my definition. Okay. Because for what I wrote down for a mind kink or a psychological kink would be the subject receives sexual pleasure from an idea concept or the mere visual visualization of an action or detail other sensations may be present some of which some of which may include physical touch but ultimately it is the idea of the sensation that induces pleasure so it's like sonic yes okay it's like sonic or let's look through our list like porn in general or burping dendrophilia yiffing it's the idea of becoming something else the idea of something present the idea Mm -hmm. of a fantasy and altering the way that your brain handles its mm-hmm. neurological magic chemicals, even though that is coming from your brain, you're altering your brain on a physical level, which makes it a physical kink. That's and I, I guess for this to be a mental so, kink, you'd have to be sexually attracted to the idea of yoga. I don't know. Which so, is, which is a thing. Like, for like uh, a physical kink, that would be like an outside stimulus forcing you to release endorphins. Whereas a mental kink would be like the ideas in your head releasing endorphins. I think maybe the better word for it would be internal or external. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. internal means, because it could go either way. I, I thought a really great way of putting it was a, a foot fetish yeah. or a finger in the butt. Because okay. for the guy, he's putting his finger, well, for any partner. Sorry, I didn't mean to just hetero assume here. Right. Uh, for one partner, the partner putting the finger in the asshole, they get pleasure from the idea. It's an internal kink. It's a mental kink. It's a mm-hmm. psychological kink. They're they're not doing that because putting a finger in the ass is going to make them come harder mm-hmm. on some physical level. Right. And then for the other partner who has the finger in their ass, they're having um, a nerve stimulated. Right. And that nerve stimulus is what's going to cause a kink. Well, I do think you can say male versus female because females don't have a prostate and that's what's being stimulated. My knowledge more of that. physiology that is, is very limited. Ooh, a package. A dog barking. I mean, on even a broader level, I think you could apply that to, like, giving someone head, right? Yeah. Not being sexually pleased in any way because your mouth is on someone's genitals, but the idea of it is pleasing you, I yeah. guess. Well, in a lot of places, it's going to be either or. You look very surprised, like you just got good news. Do you have a crush on the postal, postal worker? Yes. That's exactly what it is. I didn't get to see them, so... Apologies. Please continue. What's this box? I gotta know what's in the box. I'm Chris very will be curious. excited, too. Oh, it's, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's head. 
This is a strange-shaped box for a head. It looks like there's probably a yardstick in there. So <laughs> that goop does strange things. What goop? <laughs> goop is the, the chakra goop. Chakra oh, goop. Goop is her lifestyle blog. Oh, where oh. she encourages buying sixty-dollars stickers to put on your body. Yeah, chakra yes. goop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But you actually transition us into one of the better um, conversation topics here, which is. I'm all for spirituality. I've done some yogurt here and there. I I do believe in the spirit, but tantra yoga, yoga itself, a lot of Eastern philosophy, it jumps back and forth between hocus pocus and reality for me. Well, maybe it would sound a little bit less crazy if we talked about... um... Man, I just totally lost my train of thought here. (laughs) Yes, let's unveil a giant banner for our sister podcast. All right. On the podcast that is not that banner. Oh, man. It's pretty. That looks pretty awesome, guys. That's really fucking cool. That makes me really fucking happy. That's really cool. I think it will maybe sound a little less crazy if we actually get into some of the techniques. Yeah, I actually, I I don't know how much research you have into it, but I want to take a quick detour out of the... The forest land. I'm not trying to be offensive. I'm trying to be funny here. I want to take a quick detour out of the fantasy forest and go to my high-tech spaceship where a scientist man can tell me about the chemicals being released in the brain. Do you, do you guys have anything that's, that's, that's hard do. science? Not very much. Um, I looked up an article by, what was his name? His name was like Apox Jindy. Mm-hmm. No. His name was, uh, someone fill this time space while I look for this. Happy Guru? Well, I will tell you about some of the methodology. Um, A lot of the breathing methods are the same um, that are used in in traditional yoga. You have deep um, diaphragm breathing. um, So you want to breathe from like the center of your belly while you're looking into your partner's eyes. And also Um, just trying to synchronize your breathing with theirs is a big thing as well. Maybe that's what you were about to say. (laughs) Yes. No, that's exactly right. There's a lot of you're trying to like synchronize with them. And also like body movements is kind of like a big deal. You'll sit in different positions and rock back and forth to kind of get all of your muscles kind of in, you know, engaged and also um, like you want to do things like um, uh, tantric massage is a thing as well. Um, so, like, just basically a- appreciating the body. The <laughs> I keep thinking of this as like a meat carriage. Your meat <laughs> carriage. Um, <laughs> you want to appreciate their meat carriage. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's really... That's no, funny. Um, but, yeah, you want to take time to, like, you know, feel every sinewy muscle in their body and, and appreciate, you know, looking into their eyes and kind of not just, like connecting with them on a physical level, but also connecting with them on a spiritual level and on a very intimate, um, you know, uh, kind of thing. And sometimes tantric sex, tantric yoga doesn't even have to involve intercourse at all, which I thought was really, really interesting. Cause I thought, okay, well always, we're always going to want to get down to the sex, right? Like that's the part where that's what, that's what the all things this you're prep doing is with for. your hands right now. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> you had one hand, uh, male and one hand on a female. I'm just like, you want to get down to the sex. <laughs> you want to get down to the sex in the end. And it's like, Interesting because, like, some people recommend having, like, you know, different scents in the bedroom, like, take time to spread flower petals, like, make this an event, a scene, uh, you know, get your candles going, you know, everything nice and sensual, and so that you can really connect with, you know, somebody in this very special place that you very intentionally created to be sensual and to engage with somebody that you care about. So you mentioned breathing. Yes. Which is a very fundamental part of Yoda. Um, and for the listeners at home and Chris as well, uh, it's kind of, that, that is the very base point of all yoga. And I imagine tantric yoga too, is awareness of your breath and control over your breath. Yes. And that is actually one of the areas that has been proven by scientists, men in, in white lab coats and women. <laughs> scientists, be humans. Scientists, human beings. Scientists. Uh, scientists. <laughs> well, some of them are octopi. Some oh. of them are. I'm sure there's a squirrel scientist in there somewhere. We're not talking about those guys. Lizard people. Lizard people. <laughs> they have like 20 genders. Okay, so breathing has been proven by scientists yes. too. Um, so are you guys familiar with the yoga breathing? Yes. Because if you're on your like commute to work right now and you're in a bad mood, like just doing some yoga breathing for five minutes while you listen to your favorite podcast that you just gave five stars on iTunes to, <laughs> um, really does help out with your day. Mm-hmm. And it's still something that I practice uh, right now if I get overwhelmed. I don't remember how it goes, though, exactly when trying to teach it to someone new, but it's you breathe in through your nose, mm-hmm. 
for a certain number of seconds, hold it for a certain number of seconds. Yeah, and usually it's like five to start off with. Some people can do it much longer, but you want to try and breathe deep down into your like into your stomach. Like you're instead singing of heavy chest. metal. Yeah. Like you, you, we usually breathe through our nose and we're kind of fast, you know, breathers, but you want to breathe deep into your like abdomen more than you breathe into like your chest. So you want to try and draw that air in all the way in and then circulate it back out through your mouth. And if I remember anything from my yoga instructors, it needs to be audible. People should be able to hear you breathe. It doesn't have to be, but I think that's a strange thing to have been taught. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's if you're doing like, there's a, there's a thing in yoga called breath of fire. That's whenever you kind of let out like a ah noise whenever you're exhaling. There you go. (sighs) See, like that. That was was tantric right there. See, like that's, that's a thing that you can do, um, but it doesn't always have to be that way. But a lot of the tantric videos that I was watching um, in order to prepare for this, a lot of them do do something like that. Like they'll like actually sit near each other and like embrace each other and then breathe very loudly um, to basically synchronize their breathing. That sounds romantic as balls. You just want to make sure you have a breath mint first. That's, that's, that was my biggest fear. Like what if I'm doing this and I don't have a breath mint, but that's not something you should be worried about because the person you're with is probably not going to care that much. Quick side kink. No one likes bad breath, but like neutral breath has like a very nice scent to it. When you're attracted to someone, their breath is just a blanket with hormones on it. It does, but there is no turn off quite like going in to kiss someone and it being just bad. Like if it's going to be bad, it's not good. Yeah. I mean, like there's a difference between they just ate an onion sandwich or like worked out and not brushed their teeth. But like Mm -hmm. if they take good care of their mouth and you're attracted to them, they're like neutral breath should smell nice. That actually sounds more fitting for tantra yoga than a breath mint. Yeah, well, and that's and that's another thing about uh, the preparation of the room and everything else is that you actually prepare yourself too. You want to make sure that you're nice and clean, that you smell nice, that you know your hair smells nice, everything, because you're literally just going to be drinking in that other person for as long as you're doing this. And, and sometimes you're be very present there with your own body as well. Exactly. You don't gross and weird. Yeah. You want to feel good about that because you are making yourself vulnerable in a visible space with light, um, you know, so that it's not like hidden. It's not in the dark, you know, it's, it's very much there. So I, I don't know. I think it's pretty interesting. Um, the different, the different kind of ways that this is reprogramming, um, maybe the sex that we've been taught to have versus what could be achieved if we kind of, uh, I don't know, Try out something new with something yeah, it like sounds like a, yoga. a marriage saver because mm-hmm. a lot of times, a lot of times, dead relationships they kind of have sex spur of the moment, yeah. and this sounds like making an ordeal, which sounds right. like that would appear in a lot of like Louise Hayes, "Hey, save my marriage." Self-help books, mm-hmm. but uh, I found the the thing I was looking for. It was an article by Alex Korb of Psychology Today, mm-hmm. um, and. As much as you should not make yourself throw up, making yourself throw up is wrong. He related yoga in a way to a gag reflex in that when you stick your finger in your throat, what happens? You throw up. You throw up. And when you stick stress into your brain, what happens? You throw up. You throw up. Well, no, when you stick stress into your brain. You mentally throw up. You mentally throw up. I mentally throw up a lot. That's what the the article went into is that when, when stress enters your brain, it doesn't matter if you're stuck in traffic or a man just broke into your house with a knife or a woman or a lizard person or anything else. A person broke into your house with a knife to kill you. In, induces the same stress and the same uh, neurological some things as plain old you're late filling out a report or you don't know how to turn off your alarm clock. Stress is stress. Mm-hmm. And uh, just like you can build up your gag reflex so it doesn't make you throw up, yoga is more or less inducing stress in the body such that stress does not take such a toll mm-hmm. that you can adjust yourself to it. And I suppose that is what would cause greater focus and the greater ability to have awareness in sex. I think I'm starting to get it. Also, Chris, you haven't said much today. What's your opinion on this? I'm curious. Do you think this is hocus pocus? Do you think it's real? Are you curious? Do you want to try it? With me. With you? (laughs) (laughs) That's cute. Uh, I don't know. I think it's real. It just... Seems like a lot of work. Chris, do you want to have sex for eight hours straight? That seems like a lot of work. He's got truffles to find. Yeah. <laughs> He's got comic books to read. Well, it's interesting I'm because... I'm good with like three hours. Three, oh, three hours. You can go for three hours. Hmm. That, that's Duly noted. But uh, that doesn't answer the question of like... 
No, she's actually writing it down. Yeah, we're getting some notes Chris on you. Chris can go for three, three hours. hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's very important. You can file that in the Rolodex for later. I'm just going to save that for me. Thanks. Although, it's when they got Wikipedia but for us. <laughs> Chris can go for three hours. Ladies, ladies, Chris can go for three hours. He will go over your body. With no tantra required. To be verified. But, but eight hours is too much. If there's a truffle on your body, he will find it. Right up. Oh my god. That's it. Uh, there are some products out there. Would you like to know? About oh, some it's yes. Dana's special Please. corner where Dana talks about product corner things I can I can buy, which goes against the entire like Eastern philosophy of what western products can I buy with my money to help right. my eastern philosophy go better right because you have to have the right stuff your, your, your tantra is only good as your products right, right. no right. actually that's not true at all because the only thing you really need is yourself and maybe a partner I thought you needed um, a mood ring a magic carpet Maybe there, like, there are crystal enhancers that you ooh. can have around the room that would probably help. Would my salt lamp help, um, or is that too cheap? And Do you I need, need to make sure the bedroom is feng shui. Is it a crystal salt lamp or no, Himalayan it's made pink of salt. salt? It's a Himalayan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There are also definitely chakra aligning dildos that I'm aware of for what? personal that is a thing. <laughs> that is a thing. Although I don't know if those work. So I don't know that they probably do either. It seems say... just like sticking crystals yeah. in your parts. Well, you know, which, if, yeah. if that's what you're into, which that's parts? What you're into. Whatever um, makes you feel sexy, Tommy. So, I just have a, a a dildo chakra in my ear. If that <laughs> is brings me peace, you yeah. just gotta hit yourself in the head in your third eye with with the dildo. Yeah. Just bash it in until <laughs> um, it hits the brain directly. No, you. It's one of the suction cup ones. You just suck it to the top of your head oh, or to your chin. Yeah. Chakra dildo unicorn. And well, like, just whichever chakra needs aligning. Oh, there more, you go. Like more is important, right? So <laughs> the root chakra again and again. <laughs> okay. Um, so the greatest thing about this is that you really only need yourself. However, there are a lot. Of videos and books and Kama Sutra workshops, um, kinds of things like that out there for you. Um, not to mention, there's also one hilarious book I have to throw out there because it's really awesome, um, and that is the Sock Monkey Kama Sutra Tantric Sex Positions for Your Naughty Little Monkey. I did, in fact, check this one out and I found it very informative and also incredibly enjoyable to look, to look at sock monkey sock puppets. Uh, puppets. Oh, sock monkey in, puppets. In tantric sex positions. So if you um, don't have a monkey, can you use that book for yourself? I mean, if you if you get off on sock monkeys, it might work by yourself. But I just think it's really cute, a cute way to learn about um, tantric sex positions. Also, there are, in fact, um, uh, soy massage candles with pheromones that are supposed to be good for tantric massage. Wouldn't it be more romantic to take, like, your partner's pheromones and then put them that into... That involved. That was my that thought as well. Gross. And also, are they usually human pheromones? What if it's something else and your dog comes in and you're like, oh gosh, it's like that's... Like where are they, musk. Yeah, where are they getting pheromones is my question. Is there a pheromone farm? It's probably animal musk. It's probably from like a deer that... Oh. <laughs> I don't, I don't think humans are respond to those. Do they? Do humans hormones respond? are hormones, right? Yeah, I hormones are hormones. But pheromones and hormones sure. are two different yeah. things. But I, I feel like no bedroom idea. eyes always work better than a smell. So I, I don't know. Qualified I've to... never smelled a man that's like reeking of sex. Well, that's not true. No. Just um, really quickly, though, I do want to touch on... Um, I was interested in the difference between Kama Sutra and Tantra because I was kind of aware that they weren't exactly the same thing. Um, and what I learned uh, really basically is that Kama Sutra is an Eastern philosophy that details how to increase a woman's pleasure during sex. And Tantra is a Middle Eastern philosophy um, that focuses on channeling um, through your chakras um, and the, like specifically the seven areas of the body that all of your emotions are channeled through. I'm so glad that you differentiated those. Because I kind of lumped them all together, which yeah, I guess I, I shouldn't. Well, because we haven't really talked about it at all, but then when you were going through the products and you said something about the book being yeah. Kama Sutra and Tantra, yeah, yeah. I wanted to touch I on no that. I had no idea really. the Kama Sutra was female orgasm centric. I didn't know it that is. either, actually. Yeah, I, I had no idea. Well, female pleasure, bad. not female orgasm. Right. Two different things. Right. There we go. as I found on many websites when I was trying to research this in a hurry, ejaculation and orgasm are two separate functions. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. And there's one other book I was going to mention. There actually is a book 
uh, out there that's called How to Have Infinite Non-Ejaculatory Orgasms, Dry Orgasms, Energy Orgasms, Male Multiple Orgasms, Tantric Sex, Sustainable Sex. So Whatever the title's that long, I just think yeah. the book's going to have a UFO on it, and it's going to go on a rant about 9-11. <laughs> it's just like it's keywords. A little, a little lengthy. I just think that's pretty interesting that like there are guides out there for learning how to do these things, um, if that's what your goal is, is to do. So, um, and the yeah. people are selling them. I also find it pretty interesting that that book in particular is focused towards helping improve the male orgasm because I mm-hmm. feel like that's something that you don't see a lot of. People just kind of expect, oh, the man's just going to come all over himself and then yeah. that's the end of it. And that's it's like not a glamorous or important thing. I really appreciate that that well, kind also, of takes the male orgasm a little bit more seriously. Yeah, sure. that, that kind of thing was played off as a joke in uh, the first season of uh, Orange is the New Black or the main or the main character's fiance was like practicing edging edging and mm-hmm. like tantric techniques right and people were like it was supposed to be like a whole joke mm-hmm. well and that's something that pop culture like tends to do especially like we've seen with the foot slut in uh you know unbreakable Kimmy schmidt like a lot of those things are a lot of a lot of fetishes are like made into comedy pieces well it's really easy to take male sexuality because as we are a society that grows increasingly feminist mm-hmm. and as we should be I mean a side effect of that is we generally kind of shit on male sexuality the male mm-hmm. orgasm is just nasty male sexuality can't be spiritual spiritually mm-hmm. fulfilling and mm-hmm. you know as uh, as tumblr would say we should celebrate all genders and all in between and Males have penises, and the male ejaculate should be a lovely thing in your life, mm-hmm. unless you're not attracted to it, and then you don't have to fuck with it. Yeah, even if it. even if we're not necessarily celebrating it or whatever, I do think it's important to educate people on it. And I, well, and that's one thing that I also read. One of the really good benefits that a lot of um, you know people that have tried practicing tantric techniques, um, it can help with men who struggle to last a long time uh, before before orgasming, before ejaculating. So if that's like a problem, maybe that's something to look into. Yeah, I saw Tantra as a as a recommended thing. This is one of the few things I saw yeah. with no basis or name attached to it. Just mm-hmm. a thing I'm going to say. But uh, Tantra is associated with folks who may have uh, injuries or blocks to what we may consider normal sexuality. Mm-hmm. And the idea of a normal orgasm or the idea of a normal, that's not a word I like, but what we all think of as in our daily lives is an orgasm or ejaculate and viewing it from an alternative viewpoint that is more psychological mm-hmm. because the routine way that most people experience sex is not available to them. Right, mm-hmm. just finding alternate ways to experience sexual fulfillment. Because, I mean, there are people who are born with defects that don't allow yeah. for what we consider standard orgasm. Right. But it's not about the orgasm with Tantra. It's about you the Tantra. You can just enjoy getting yeah, it. That's the, what's so cool about it. I know, it. it's my favorite. I've spent the whole episode shitting on Eastern philosophy, but when I was at one of the darkest points in my life, I was around a yogi, mm-hmm. and I talked to the yogi about what was going on, and she showed me the... There's the way of aligning your chakras where you put your thumb mm-hmm. to your different fingers, and which thumb... Which finger you put your thumb to brings out a different energy Mm -hmm. and uh if you put your thumb to your ring finger it gives you strength Mm -hmm. and it gives you the strength to persevere through hard times and to this day even though it could very well be hocus pocus Mm -hmm. if i get overwhelmed and i have to overcome something i put my thumb to my ring finger my other thumb to my ring finger Mm -hmm. and put them there down by my side so i can harness my chi so i can blow kamehameha lasers and whatnot (laughs) At my foes. Wow. If that ever works, please let me know. Yeah, that's super useful. That's really you cool. You put your thumb to all your fingers. You can't do that. You gotta pick one. <laughs> it's like it's like picking a class. You can't be a goblin, elf, mage, human. That's only... Uh-huh. You gotta be a goblin, which is obviously what you chose. <laughs> your elf. <gross. laughs> Truffle pig. I was on that life for a little while today. <clears throat> which is also another great resource um, for interest interest in um, tantric sex group. You guys want to go to the FDI? Oh, we can, unless we're ready to talk about uh, pop culture practitioners. I didn't... Uh, yeah. Do you have anything you want to add I first? don't, Okay. No. I'd love to tell you a little bit about some famous people who pa- practice tantric sex, one of which so we, uh, is... Um, yeah, Sting, who is rumored to have had an eight-hour Tantra session, uh, has had, sorry, multiple sessions of eight hours or longer with his wife. Too long. 
which, <laughs> oh my God, I think I would be ready to tap out way earlier than that. But that's pretty amazing and good for you, wife. Um, and Sting. Um, also, Heather Graham um, started practicing tantra, uh, tantric sex after um, being on the movie The Guru. I was going to guess Twin Peaks. The Guru? Twin Peaks uh-huh. is very spiritual, but... Oh, not Love Guru. No. Guru. Oh, sorry, sorry. The Love Guru. Oh, that's that, what I yeah. was thinking. The that's terrible movie. Yeah, the terrible movie. But she actually did a lot of research before being on that in that movie, and then she took up tantric sex and now is a regular practitioner. Did she think that movie was going to be, like, respectful to Eastern culture? It was, I don't know well, what she thought, but was, I just know that that's what she learned. Fair enough. She it, took out of it uh, a positive experience that she's enjoyed now. It kind of was because, like, Mike Myers <laughs> believes in all of that. He was just, like, using it, like, as a medium for comedy. A platform. Yeah, but mm-hmm. he, he, like, really believes in, like, all the yogi stuff that was being espoused in that movie. Mm-hmm. It was very well worded, Chris. Before, you know. Also, ruined his career. also Puff Daddy. Okay. Puff Daddy is a practitioner, as well as Tom Hanks. See, this isn't as exciting as finding out who's a foot fetish, because when you hear oh. someone has a foot fetish, it's like, ah, oh, because you get to imagine yeah. them doing stuff. And yeah. when you say these names, I just kind of imagine, like, Puff Daddy meditating, and then, like, he just kind of, like, comes uh, and some green goo comes out of his, like, his third eye. The next one, <laughs> the next one did, did some stuff for me. Uh, Scarlett Johansson and her Josh Hartnett. Her they, I was gonna say husband. I don't know. Are they married? They're not Napoleon married. Napoleon Dynamite. Okay, I don't know. Uh, Josh Hartnett and Napoleon Scarlett Johansson. Dynamite. No, that is not Napoleon Dynamite. Who's Napoleon Dynamite? I don't know, but it's not Josh I'm Hartnett. Josh Hartnett's like a heartthrob kind of guy. Well, isn't Napoleon Dynamite kind of a heartthrob kind of guy? Now. I don't know. <laughs> Who the hell is Josh Harnett? I'm pretty he's sure he has big teeth in, that's all I'm saying. What the hell? I know what Sin City is. Who is he in Sin City? He's the, he's the guy at the very beginning and the very end. He was also Hitman. in Pearl Harbor. Oh, I know what that is. Yeah. Oh, Anyways, Scarlett Johansson and Josh Hartnett apparently had tantric sex and owe to be a fly on the wall. Oh, man. That's all I'm going to say. Hey, it's so. wrong to have voyeurist, voyeuristic experiences Against people's consent. That's Holy what my imagination shit. is for. Okay, I'm actually I'm with you on the imagination part. But he is See? a heartthrob. He See? looks nothing like Napoleon Dynamite. Oh no, that's true. Look at the volume in his hair. He looks like a rooster. <laughs> <laughs> now imagine him and Scarlett Johansson. She's oh, pretty. he's got like a puppy dog face. He looks very innocent. I I can't really picture him doing any yeah, probably, kinky. Yeah. The, but, the, yeah, I don't know. I just think it would be, wow. I bet you Scarlett Johansson brings that out in people. Yeah. Anyways, so, yeah, those are some some um, popular celebrities that John have, have been thinking? rumored to participate in tantric sex. Does it say Tom Hanks on your paper and you're just going to Tom Hanks. I said that. right by that? Did you? I did say oh, that. Tom Hanks. Oh, I didn't hear it either. Also cool because he uses typewriters, but that's beside the point. That boy loves typewriters. Hey, look, that girl loves typewriters. (laughs) That's a nice typewriter. Thank you. Uh, Now we're going to the FDI? Yeah. Um, Not applicable. Yeah, I don't think think it's applicable. I would give it a one, but I don't think it's a kink or a fetish. Yeah, I don't think I'd give it a one for muscle cramping. Oh, you just need to keep hiding. Well, no, there's no no zero. So it it has to be a fetish or a kink, and I just don't think it is. No, I don't think so either. It's sex within a certain lifestyle and within Mm -hmm. a certain mindscape. Yeah. But it's a tool for sex. Yeah. I don't know. I and get my my kinko meter turns on whenever I hear some guy say, "Oh yeah, I practice tantric sex." And I'm like, "Bing bing bing, what?" Without getting too complicated, that's you being attracted to someone who's into it, which is different oh, okay. than the I practice. I feel like I agree. Yeah. I feel like I that agree. Makes sense. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, to go back to what I introduced today about internal and external yeah. kinks, which gets really fucking complicated. Sure. I think that this is a tool, and it can be a kink, and if mm-hmm. an internal kink of I'm attracted to the idea of being with someone in that way, right. and that idea is definitely a one. There's no danger there whatsoever. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. anything, you'll reduce your safety. So maybe this is the first ever case for like going below a one, yeah. because your heart will do better, and you'll probably live longer. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of benefits, especially for the people that you know may, may need an alternative kind of um, more slow sex kind of approach to, to intercourse anyways. So I don't know. Whether you're into Eastern philosophy or not, everyone should be having slow sex at some point in their life. Slow yeah, sex I think sex should at least sometimes be personal. 
You know, mm-hmm. Try to make it last two hours. Go slow. Look Free into the, look into their yeah. <laughs> look into their eyes. Drink drink your lover in. I don't know. I think it's very very all very romantic. Now you don't want to shotgun your lover and just throw the can down on the ground. <laughs> no, no. You want to put, you want to get a <laughs> you want to get a big goblet and put your lover in that goblet and just sit back and just really soak it in. That's very yeah, very wanna, ecstatic of you. You want to you, can... you know get the whole nose. Get everything out of that wine. The mouthpiece. Swish it around in your mouth a little bit. Okay. Well, I will swish you around in my mouth, Tom Hanks. <laughs> it's just so, delicious. Let's go ahead and wrap her up. Do you guys know that, like, I make jokes about being attracted to men because I feel like it's wrong to objectify women? Just notice that's why I do that. I do that on oh. other podcasts, yeah, if too. if you want to listen to Tommy objectifying women, listen I, to our other podcasts. No, I don't ever... I, I, I try to avoid... I never say anything about trying to fuck women because it kind of like... I don't. Mm-hmm. If you listen to me every single time, as a heterosexual male, all I ever talk about is fucking men because I feel like that's kind of charming and kind of cute. And I feel like it's extremely unattractive to say, like, I'd fuck you, Scarlett Johansson. Like, that just seems off-putting to me. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Well, the listener can make up their own mind. Well, what I was trying to initiate was an introspective conversation because KinkCast is not only us exploring different kinks, it's exploring our own sexualities. And maybe I was just trying to be open about that. I think that that's wise. Well, now there's no one responding, and we got Sarah texting. I guess I'm we'll so just, sorry. We'll go ahead and uh, go to the point. I'm the worst. I love your phone case so much. Every time I see it, it makes me so happy. It's the shining. It's a shining phone case. It's appropriate for this podcast. It's very phallic. It is. It's a penis. It's glowing with a green chakra. Hmm. That's what was going on in thirty-seven. Uh, one of us should like beg for likes and beg for subscriptions and fan mail. So. Yeah, hey, if you're liking the discussions that you're you're hearing here, definitely uh, listen to our other podcasts and give us five stars on iTunes. And um, and if uh, you want us to, uh, or if you have an idea, a topic for us to discuss, uh, post it in the review or on uh, our Facebook page or on Twitter. Or if you just have a question, we would love to have a little brief section at the ending where people send us questions and say, hey, I jack off to this. Am I a bad person? And we will most likely say, no, you're not a bad person as long as you're respecting mm-hmm. the age of consent, but tell safety. Us, yeah. Tell us what's sexy about that thing that you're jacking off to. Absolutely. We're yeah. interested. The mind is perspectives a on things. weird place. Good old brainal sex. Yeah. Sexy sex. All right. Uh, this is Dana. I'm Truffle Pig. Truffle Pig. You didn't say very much today, Truffle Pig. No, was... You were lost in your own little world. I was thinking about things. <laughs> what were you thinking about? <laughs> Three hour long sex. Yeah. <laughs> I, a... Is that what you've been doing this whole time? <laughs> I'm only in the first 45 minutes of it, okay? That's why only one <laughs> hand is above the table. <laughs> I thought he didn't have to change his hands out. <laughs> That's why his hand keeps rubbing his third eye. It's just like going back and forth, giving friction between the eyebrows. I'm Tommy. I'm sorry you've been put up with me for the past hour. Oh, I'm Sarah. I really have to pee. Oh, go pee.